All right, now here on the Shore Thing, we have Jacob Flores. He is playing for the Memphis Express and the Alliance of American Football, a new football league starting up uh, the week after the uh, Super Bowl. So that is going to be February 9th is going to be their first game. Games can be seen on CBS and CBS Sports Network. There's eight teams. Those teams are going to be Memphis, uh, Birmingham, Atlanta, Orlando, and then you have San Antonio, Salt Lake City, Arizona, and San Diego. And so it's a new league starting a first year. And, Jacob, uh, thank you for coming on the Shore Thing. Yeah, thanks for having me, Warren. No problem. So you are you had a scrimmage earlier today, and the games are a couple weeks away. And how have how have things been uh, going with the Memphis Express? It's good. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, we got a really good team. It's going to be some really good football uh, this spring. We've got some good coaches involved. Mike Singletary, I'm sure you guys know is our head coach here. Um, I think Michael Vick's out in Atlanta. So there's a lot of good uh, football names involved with the league. So we're just excited to be playing football again and hopefully uh, have some football in the in the spring so you guys don't have to watch college basketball or, or whatnot. So we can be mad at gambling on the uh, AAF, less like we're mad at gambling on the inconsistencies of college basketball, which is probably – the most inconsistent sport. I don't know, Ryan, would you agree with that? Definitely. Uh, around. Uh, so first I want to give a little background. You're from Arlington. You went to high school in Arlington. Then you went to Dartmouth. You play offensive line. And then you were on the Packers practice squad a couple years ago. And then you got injured, and you've just been trying to find your next gig. So then you land here with the Memphis Express. You also went to Bill's camp uh, one year, if I recall. So now you're here with the Memphis Express. So how... Uh, I guess how is how how has this experience for you been so far, and how how do you think is it, it's going to help you get back to the uh, NFL? As I assume that is your goal. Yeah, I think the a league like this is good for kind of guys in my situation that played on the practice squad or played a year or two, kind of bounced around. This kind of helps us get some film, get some real live reps, and and um, hopefully enough to you know contribute to an NFL team and hopefully make that elevate the gameplay that's kind of one thing I see struggling in the NFL right now is line play that's because teams don't have enough time to develop younger linemen so that could be I would say one of the benefits from this league is, is hopefully just to get some training against some uh, good level of competition and and hopefully uh, get back to the NFL is the ultimate goal all right, hey Jacob, uh, Ryan here. Um, so, if I'm correct, if I saw correctly, um, all eight teams went down to San Antonio to participate in training camp. Is that correct? Yeah, so we're all kind of staying here, and it's like the perfect city. It's um, there's a lot of football, empty football fields this time of year. So we uh, train at different high schools and different, um, you know, empty complexes, and then we all uh, stay in individual team hotels where we have our meetings, we watch film. And then they prepare us, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and make sure we're, we're eating right and rehabbing right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that was kind of going to my next question. I didn't know if it was like, you know, everybody kind of not at, maybe at a facility at the same time, but if you guys were like practicing together, um, uh, you know, at the same, like kind of practicing together at the same time or maybe light scrimmages or something like that. Um, what, what's one of the biggest differences you've noticed between the AAF and the NFL so far just going through training camp? Are there any major differences or is it all pretty much the same? Like you said, make sure you're getting the right nutrition, make sure you're getting treated right and watching film. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to the NFL. I would say the biggest difference is there's no established starters, so everyone's kind of fighting 
and jockeying for position because with an NFL team, you would have, you know, your starters from last year. You'd have guys that got drafted. Um, the unique thing about this league is everyone makes the same amount of money, and so there's no, you know, Aaron Rodgers making $25, $30 million, and then uh, rookie, you know, undrafted rookies. Everyone's on the same playing field. We're all just trying to get film and make it back. So I think there's a little bit more equality, I guess you would say, just coming into it. Uh, so you, yeah, that the fact that everyone's kind of, you know, like you said, on the same playing field, everyone's making the same kind of money. Everyone's pretty much got the same goal in mind. Have you noticed? Obviously, don't give me any names, but you know, maybe with the quarterbacks or the the positions that you would normally see, the egos, is that happening at all, or is everyone just kind of, like you said, just trying to get back to where you think you need to be or where you want to be as far as uh, your professional goals? Yeah, I think everyone. This is a really humbling. You know, no one has an ego playing the AF, which is is pretty good so um everyone's just focused on trying to uh work super hard and we've had a bunch of nfl scouts out here so um people are you know playing their best and hopefully trying to make it in this league and become a star but maybe you know some guys might get signed prior to the season and end up on a nfl team we've had i want to say like over 10 15 teams out here at different practices scouting our team and I'm sure other teams as well. So how did you get involved with the Express? I bet people are wondering, do you, did your obviously when you saw the league come up, you're like, okay, the perf, this is like a good league I could get into. But how do you do Did you go to, uh, do you like send tapes out to the coaches? Do you have an agent or did your agent reach out? So how did you land with the uh, Express? Yeah, my agent reached out to them. Um, it's actually pretty close to Dallas, so it's only six hours, which would be, um, pretty good for you know family to come watch. So they, my agent thought it would be the best situation there. Called them, and uh, and here I am now. All right. So I want to get uh, talk about your uh, time with the Packers on the practice squad because I know you got some good stories there, and we've been <laughs> we've been talking about. It. You don't have to di- uh, divulge too much. I don't want you to be no on, divulge all of it. We want all I, of it. Well, I don't. I don't <laughs> want. I don't want Jacob going to be on Aaron Rodgers' bad side. Like I don't want. I don't. He went to dinners with them on during the every Tuesday, I think it was during the season. I don't want him having to be like they didn't go to far, so I don't want him to like be grudged against. That's no, we're the, trying to grab headlines, Jacob. Give us, <laughs> give us all the tea. So how how were those dinners? You when we were uh, talking on the golf course, you were saying that you got to go. Rogers would take all the offensive linemen and the practice squad guys out to dinner uh, one, every week during the season. So how were those uh, dinners yeah, with the uh, Rogers? It was pretty. Uh, it was a once in a lifetime experience. He would take us out every every week, and we'd pick a different restaurant. The Cowboys do the same thing. Pretty much every NFL team, the quarterbacks go with their O line to dinner, and so it was just kind of a time to get away from football and talk about other things, you know, going on in the U.S. and, and life. And I'm pretty sure the election was happening that year, so there was a lot of politics talks and just a lot of. Uh, random things that you wouldn't think of outside of football. So I, I, you know, I'd never talked to Aaron outside of the facility. So it's just kind of interesting to hear some of those, some of his takes and stuff like that. When you're, when you are around, you know, an Aaron Rodgers type and, and, you know, not to diminish your role in the team, you know, being practice squad, squad guy or whatever, like you said, it's once in a lifetime opportunity. Is there kind of, you know, everyone's an NFL player, everyone's a football player at that point, but it's like, is there still some, like, starstruck, like, you want to make sure that you 
are doing the right things, saying the right things, kind of like, you know, being on your best behavior? Or is it just like, hey, man, I'm just with the bros. Like, we're just chilling. We're having some food. Nothing, you know, we're, we're all just we're all just here having grabbing a bite to eat, having a couple of drinks. Yeah, it's, it's more of the latter kind of. Uh, I would say the starstruck wears off um, after like the first week or two, because by that point you spend, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day with him. And you're like, okay, we're teammates. This isn't the guy on ESPN. You know, we're we're in the huddle together, basically. So by the time the fall rolls around and we're going out to dinner, it's just like us kind of having time to relax and decompress a little bit and and stuff like that. So definitely no. But every now and then you'll see random, you know, Green Bay people walk by and like, oh, my gosh, that's Aaron Rodgers, and start pointing. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's a (laughs) – quarterback <laughs> right on kind of jumping back to the AAF real quick um uh I know one of their big things is they said that they uh especially Troy Polamalu because he's the director of player personnel or, or a similar title to that he said he's trying that they're they're one of their goals for this league is to not only help you perform on the field but off the field whether it's money management whether it's you know I know they everyone gets uh, health insurance if you play in the league and things like that what have you seen if you have so far have they done to kind of help you maybe not even on the field off the field yeah they've done a great job I think Troy um, since he played it, it's kind of helped his new role with this league because he knows what we're looking for and what we need as players kind of going through this and after we stop playing. Um, we just had a benefits meeting the other day, and this league is super generous with their, like you said, li- um, life insurance, health insurance, and it covers our whole family, not just the players. So it covers, you know, I'm married, my wife, and then if I had kids, it would cover them too. So, you know, from top to bottom, I've just seen them take care of us from health insurance to the food they're providing us to the coaches to bringing in scouts it's like um it's a great opportunity to be a part of this for sure jacob flores here from the memphis express of the alliance of american football league new league starts up uh the week after the super bowl and kind enough to take some time to talk to us before they got some meetings so as you what do you i guess think so you've said there's already nfl scouts uh, coming out to practices and watching you play, do you think there's like a specific position that has the best chance? Like earlier, you uh, you said that you think line play struggling in the NFL because their guys aren't uh, getting have enough time to develop. So this is a chance. Do you think like maybe I I guess what position do you think has the best chance? I guess to get picked up. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I mean, I'm kind of biased as an offensive lineman, so I think wishful thinking. I would say O line, but um, I would say on both sides, um, I think tight end is a, is a hard position as well to kind of develop in, into the NFL because what you got to realize tight ends, they have to learn the entire protection scheme as well as the whole route tree. Um, so I think that's another position that I'd probably highlight as you, you need experience learning different protections and different reading different coverages and you have to run block as well. So, um, I would say that's another position I would look for coming out of this league. All right, with the Super Bowl next weekend, uh, what with the Rams against the Patriots early a week out, what are your uh, thoughts on that game? And if you want, you could give us your thoughts on the uh, NFC Championship game and that whole refereeing decision. I, I, I do wonder if the refs, are they going to be as good as they are in the NFL, or are they going to be a step above? Are we going to... 
I mean, that's there's only, our weekend. There's, there's, there's only, only one way to go. go. <laughs> <laughs> there's only one way to go. But what are your thoughts on? I guess we could go to the championship games and then look ahead to the Super Bowl next week. Yeah, those are those are two great games. I'm sure you guys were glued to the TV just like myself. Um, you know, both of them went to overtime. I can't remember the last time that happened. It, either of those teams and both of the games could have won. So I think we're in store for a good Super Bowl. Like you guys said, the, the ref controversy kind of dampened the, the Rams win. But overall, I think they have a really good shot at being the Patriots just from top to bottom. I think they're a pretty good team. The only thing that kind of makes me hesitate is the Patriots. Um, I can't really see them losing back-to-back Super Bowls um, with Tom Brady and, and Belichick, and they've been running the ball really well with the rookie they have, uh, Sony Michelle. So um, I, I don't know. How do you how do you guys see it shaking out? I I think the Patriots play close games in the Super Bowl. I think in the the, the eight they've played, the only biggest margin of victory was eight and that was last year against the Eagles that still came down last possession I just think with the Rams offense I don't know if they run the same kind of motion then the jet sweep motion play action and then they run it to Gurley or Anderson and it all it all is branches off off that jet sweep play action and you give Belichick two weeks to prepare for that those guys are going to be so I think like their gap integrity and just I don't think they're going to be caught off on the fake as much as other teams are. So that's a huge advantage. And Belichick's record against golf or against young QBs is like astronomical. I think he's only lost like two or three games against quarterbacks under 26, 26 or younger. So I think that's a huge thing. And I don't, I don't really see the, I guess I could see a path to the Rams win, but it's hard for me to like be really, really confident. And like the Rams, I think the Patriots win pretty easily. Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm in the same boat. Not to cut you off there, sorry, Jake. I'm in the same boat. I think the Patriots are. Uh, you know, their best thing that they do is take away what you do well, and then make you beat them other ways. And so I think that's what they'll do. Even though we haven't seen Gurley play well uh, the last couple weeks, um, they're definitely going to try and take Brandon Cooks away as a deep threat. We saw them do that with Tyreek Hill against the Chiefs. So I think the Patriots, like like kind of like kind of like Warren said, you get two weeks to prepare for them. They're going to figure out everything you do and uh, know exactly what to do to counteract it. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think the Patriots are, you give them two weeks, it's, it's going to be tough to, uh, I know the Rams run a bunch of play action and all that, but I'm sure the Pats will have that figured out by um, by the Super Bowl. Absolutely, yeah, uh, agree there. So like we said, we got Jacob Flores here uh, of the Memphis Express, of the Alliance of American Football League, the AAF. Uh, one of the big things in the AAF is there isn't any kicking as far as field goal kicking goes. Um, no extra points. Every team's got to go for two. No kickoffs. The game starts at the 25 um, after every score and after every half. What do you? Well, how do you feel about that? Do you like the uh, the – the change, were you ever on kick protection or anything like that when you played? So, you know, is that kind of uh, changed the game a little bit for you? Yeah, I kind of like it. I, I think it'll speed up the game. Um, that's what this whole league's about is trying to innovate and change new things about football. Because um, if you think about it right now, Roger Goodell and thir- the 32 owners make all the rules. So I think this will be a good way to try new things. Like you guys are saying, like, what if we made everyone go for two? Would it make it more exciting? if we took out the kickoff and eliminated injuries and made it safer for players. So I think overall it'll be a kind of a, a testing ground or, or a way to kind of innovate for football because it's more or less stayed the same over the past 50 years. 
And with the rule change a lot in the NFC champion or the conference championship game, excuse me, the NFC game went to overtime. Both teams got the ball. The AFC championship game, only one team got the ball. And after that, everybody was in. There was a lot of uproar about saying, oh, this is unfair because both teams didn't get the ball. The, the, the Chiefs didn't get the ball, yet they could have stopped them three times on third and ten. They didn't. Now they're like, oh, we need to change the overtime rule. When in the game before, the overtime rule worked perfect for everybody. So what is what are your thoughts on the should both teams get the ball in overtime or just what are your thoughts on everyone selectively picking the Chiefs game to criticize the overtime rule when they weren't selectively going back to the Saints game saying this didn't work right? Yeah, I've always seen the NFL's uh, overtime. It's just a little bit weird. I think college kind of has it right. Um, going back and forth, I think college overtime is a little more watchable, obviously. The NFL has time constraints, and they uh, they can't do the college format per se. But I think they they need to change it a little bit, like like you guys are saying. So I don't know. I'm sure they can come up with something, and maybe in the AAF they can test it out and then try it in the NFL. I was just wondering, as a player, did you if say you wouldn't? How would you feel? I guess if if you're the Chiefs and you're saying we didn't get a chance, like obviously you got to be a little disappointed in that. Like how how would you be feeling after that if you didn't get the ball? Uh, in overtime just as a player. Yeah, I mean, it's devastating because it feels like it's just taken out of your hands, like you never had a shot. So that's, like I said, it's kind of unfair for for the Chiefs, but at the same time, football's a, a team sport, so their defense could have done something. But you just hate the feeling of helplessness uh, if you're an offense lineman or if you're Mahomes or something like that. So. Jacob, one question I have, kind of like you said, you know, the AF can is, is trying some of these different rules. Maybe it can be a proving ground or or kind of a trial for different overtimes for the NFL. Um, obviously, this is going to be a tough question for you to answer, just being a player. But when you have guys like Bill Poley and Troy Polamalu, guys that have, you know, been a big part of the NFL. Um, you know, Heinz Ward obviously played Jared Allen. A lot of these guys that are involved in the upper levels of the league. Could you ever see, or would you ever want the AAF to maybe become like a minor league system for the NFL, where maybe not each team has an uh, their own organization, but it's kind of like kind of like I guess how the G League is ran by the NBA, where yeah, each team kind of has a uh, designated minor league team, but you can just kind of, you know, it's all associated together. And you can kind of pluck guys off teams rather than having the practice squad where you can only have seven or uh, ten guys at once where you have this whole roster or really this whole league to kind of choose guys and bring them up as you want. And you know they're getting good coaching. You know they're learning, like you said, the blocking schemes and, and uh, being developed in addition to, uh, you know, in addition to just playing. Yeah, I think I think there's a huge need for it, just like you guys are saying. Um, obviously, it's only going to help the product be better, having players that know what they're doing, you know, a year or two of reps and experience under their belt. It's only going to be better for the fans and for the consumer on Sunday, I think. So um, between this and the next year the XFL starts, I think um, minor league football is, is going to take off in a big way in the spring. So, and eventually I could see the two leagues kind of merging together. I know they're they starting this year, the XFL starts next year, but eventually I could see the two leagues kind of coming together and then maybe um, finding a deal with the NFL, like you guys are saying, to become a G League-type uh, training ground for, for football players. All right, one last question before we let you go. You've been very generous with your time, so we appreciate that. You know, you got some meetings coming up. 
in about 25 minutes. So what would you, we, you, we got to, I guess, could you leave us with like one Aaron Rodgers story that we wouldn't, <laughs> we, that we would, that like, because like, I think he comes off as, a, he gets some of the bad rap as like, he doesn't have any personality or he just like stone face or whatever. I think from, from what I've read, like he's a really funny guy. He's really insightful and thoughtful and smart guy. So like, what do you have like a funny story? Like you have a funny story you could tell us about uh, old Aaron. Yeah, I got, I got a good story for y'all. So um, my family growing up always watched The Bachelor. So they were big Bachelor, Bachelorette fans. I'm a bi- I'm, I'm locked in on this season. Okay, yeah, you guys are too. So <laughs> you'll, re- you'll remember a couple of years ago, his brother was going to be on the show. And so I got there as an undrafted rookie, and, you know, I never heard anything about his family situation. No one had at that point because – the season hadn't premiered and he hadn't talked about it yet. So we were sitting at lunch one day and I was like, Hey, um, are you going to watch the bachelor tonight? And he turned to me and his face like just completely changed. He just looked at me like, you know, I had asked the worst question in the world and just death glares me and gets up and moves tables. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what <laughs> the, what did I just do? You know, a rookie asking a, a pro bowl quarterback, um, and so, you know, I had no idea because I was like, what, you know, that's his brother or whatever. And, uh, and I guess later on he came to me and explained the whole situation. Like, hey, I don't talk to my family anymore. Um, it's kind of difficult. But that was just the most embarrassing thing of all time uh, at the time because he just walked off when we were having lunch. And I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm about to get cut. What did I just do? <laughs> That's kind of cool of him, though, to kind of come back and be like, hey, man, like, you know, no harm, no foul, but here's the situation. Then he didn't just totally rip you and go to McCarthy and say, hey, give this guy the pink slip. He's out. Yeah, he explained (laughs) everything, and he knew I didn't know anything. So, and like a month later, it all came out like, oh, Aaron and his his family don't talk. He, you know, this and that. And so it was kind of interesting to have the, the, uh, you know, step on that and, and be like, oh, I already knew that, you know. Did any of the other people at like the table, like the lineman, give you like the elbow as he walked away? Like, dude, what do you? Why did you do that? Or did anyone do that? The the starter, Corey Lindsley. I'm still pretty good friends with him. He he was like, oh, you should have asked that. Like, <laughs> what? You know, like what happened? All right, that's <laughs> that is really funny. All right, Jacob. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, we we both really appreciate it. Good luck uh, coming up early on. We'll have to have you on. Uh, maybe in the middle of the season, but definitely after the season to uh, recap it. And we also, if you have time, we both need to play more Call of Duty with you. I think we both need to uh, do that a little bit more. Absolutely. We need to hop on Black Ops. They've, they've had us pretty busy over here, but once the season gets going, hopefully it'll slow down. All right, we'll do that. All right, Jacob, thanks again for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, no Jacob. Problem.